Tom Ferguson with Ferguson Ranch in Brenham, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas, agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, cotton prices continue to climb higher. We've seen prices top $1.30 over the past week. One reason for that is the drought we're having right here in Texas. We'll check in with cotton market analyst, Dr. O.A. Cleveland to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Recent moisture and really strong markets could make it tempting for some Texas High Plains wheat farmers to hang in there with their drought-battered crops. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Donations of hay, feed, fencing supplies, and more are coming into Eastland County for farmers and ranchers impacted by the North Central Texas wildfires. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have a report on how you can donate on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Old crop cotton pushed past $1.30 this week, and new crop is nearing $1.10. Cotton market analyst O.A. Cleveland says we can thank the drought for that. Well, it is, and it's an awfully strong market. Now, there are a number of things in the works here, things that we've talked about and that we've seen, but also now becoming on the forefront is this very widespread drought, and we've had some moisture over the last several days out in West Texas and in Oklahoma, probably a more widespread drought than certainly I have ever seen. There are some, some serious dry pockets from New Mexico all the way to North Carolina, uh, including Missouri and Tennessee, uh, down into Florida even. So that's sitting on top of this market right now. Cleveland says cotton demand is remaining strong right now, and that combined with the drought will keep cotton prices at historical levels. Five seats are available for Texas cattlemen to serve on the Cattlemen's Beef Board. Texas cattle producers who are interested in serving on the Cattlemen's Beef Promotion and Research Board now have an opportunity to serve. This year, there are five seats available for Texans. The cattle producers nominated to those seats will serve three-year terms starting in 2023. Cattle producers can submit their application to certified nominating organizations in Texas. Once applications are received and reviewed, the Texas Beef Industry Caucus of Certified Nominating Organizations will submit their nominees 
to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The necessary forms are available in a story on the Texas Farm Bureau website. The CBB's goal is to maintain and expand domestic and foreign markets and uses for beef and beef products. Under the direction of USDA's Agricultural Marketing Service, the board manages investing the $1 per head beef checkoff assessment that is collected each time cattle are sold in the U.S. and from imported beef, beef products, and live cattle. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Russia invaded Ukraine one month ago, and we're feeling the effects of it right here in Texas. Russell Williams farms in the Texas Panhandle near Dalhart. He says that while we are facing a lot of economic pressure on our farms here in Texas, farmers on the other side of the world have it much worse. You know, first and foremost, you have to focus on the human tragedy that's happening. And, you know, there's, it's happening in a, in a country that produces a huge amount of food for Europe. Uh, lots of farmers, lots of farm families over there, our hearts go out to them. Um, it must be tough. They're going to have a difficult time getting their crop in this year. And so, like, not only is that difficult for them as, as, as farmers and as a country, but, like, it's going to affect world markets and world prices. And with fertilizer prices tripling and diesel now around $5 a gallon, William says it can still be much worse. Recent moisture and very strong markets could convince some Texas wheat farmers to stay the course with their drought-battered crops. James Hunt has more from the Panhandle. In Ockeltree County in the northeast Texas Panhandle, they plant a lot of winter wheat, about 150,000 acres or so each year. When it comes to this season, extension agent Scott Strawn says in the midst of a deep drought, the wheat in his area isn't looking too good, especially in those dry land acres. I would say the majority of that was marginal to start with. We had such dry planting conditions in a lot of these fields that a lot of the wheat didn't even germinate. You can walk through these fields and it just didn't germinate, and it's real spotty stands. Now, some fields have got the right timing. It might have been... In a lot of these fields, if it was wheat that was fallowed or the ground was rested before it was planted in not a crop, then that wheat looks better than wheat that was right behind another crop. But even with those notable exceptions, still not a good situation overall, which of course is the case for winter wheat all around the Texas High Plains, as we've talked about many times previously. However, despite all the hardship this season's crop has suffered, we might not see as much abandonment as one might think. Strawn says with the encouragement of a recent snow and rain event and some very strong markets, for some wheat farmers, even a modest harvest could be worth the wait. At $10 a bushel, 20 bushel wheat still could be profitable for someone. If their break-even is a little over $100 an acre, if they make 20 bushels, I think still maybe makes money. And again, of course, it depends on what their costs were and everything, but uh, 20 bushel wheat will be uh, possibly still cut. When you start getting 15 and below, that's where it becomes kind of a tricky decision. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Disaster recovery efforts are underway for Texas farmers and ranchers affected by wildfires. Tom Nicoletti has the story. My guest today is Monty Dozier. He is with uh, Texas AgriLife Extension Service, Director of Disaster Assessment and Recovery Team. And he is joining us today from the town of Eastland in north central Texas, where Monty, a number of counties in that uh, area, Eastland, Erath, and Hood counties, and Brown County, have sustained wildfires in the last several days. Uh, but you're uh, heading up an effort for farm and ranch donations, primarily for uh, Eastland County. Uh, talk about what you folks are doing. 
We're working with our local county extension office staff, along with volunteers across the county to help bring in donated feed, donated hay, donating fencing materials into the impact zone and then distribute them out to producers as they begin to recover from the wildfires. We've seen individuals that have lost their homes. We've seen loss of livestock. And the biggest part that we've seen is loss of their hay supply and their grazing. Over 45,000 acres have been impacted in this. We think about the size of that. That's over 700 square miles of agricultural production land and communities that have been impacted here in Eastland County. Individuals that do not have hay or feed or fencing materials, they've been donating monetarily. So it's a great effort. It's an effort that's been working with all ag industry partners. Now, Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service is the primary contact for your effort, and you have a secondary contact, and uh, who is that? So the secondary contact is there at Gorman Milling Company at the Red Chain Feed Mill. That is Monty Dozier with the Texas AgriLife Extension Service in Eastland. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Supply chains and shipping are a major area of concern right now for both consumers and farmers and ranchers. Chad Smith has more from Washington. American Farm Bureau Federation Chief Economist Dr. Roger Cryan says supply chain problems abound in America and around the world. He says the issues began when COVID-19 shut down dining and entertainment and changed consumer spending habits. All our demand shifted to stuff and that demand for a lot of stuff clogged up ocean shipping, which we're still dealing with. That's created problems at the ports, shortages of, of containers, and our ag exporters have had a hard time moving product back across to Asia, and our farmers have had a hard time getting inputs, and our equipment manufacturers have had a hard time getting inputs, and there's all kinds of things that are hard to get. Cryan says it's unfortunate that some of these supply problems are going to stick around for a while yet. Again, we've pumped up the economy so much, pumped up demand so much that it's going to take time for supply to catch up, and that's going to take time and investment. Congress passed an infrastructure bill that should help the U.S. check off a lot of those overdue projects that will help the economy grow. The economy cooling off a little bit will be important to really getting things sort of straight again. Cryan says the supply chain issues are also impacting inflation. Well, inflation is too much money chasing too little supply. The economy is running hot again. There's a lot of demand given the scale of the oversupply of money right now. The only practical solution for inflation is for the Federal Reserve Bank to rein in their lending. From Washington, I'm Chad Smith for Texas Ag Today. If you love fishing, you won't want to miss out on an upcoming event. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today. And Brahmin cattle usually have lower conception rates than English breeds. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. After my first car accident, I feared the biggest damage would be to my wallet. I expected a mountain of bills and a long, drawn-out process. But my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent was there when I needed her and helped me get back on my feet and in my car in no time. Instead of a hassle, I got reassurance and a quick recovery. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an agent who's there when you need them most. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. 
We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Brahmin cattle usually have lower conception rates than English breeds. But Dr. Bob Judd says a Texas A&M researcher is looking into that problem. Boss Indicus cattle, or Brahmins, generally have decreased reproductive performance compared to Angus and Hereford cattle. Dr. Rodolfo Cardosa with the College of Agriculture at Texas A&M received a $500,000 grant from the United States Department of Agriculture to research this problem. He indicates at Drovers.com that revolutionary advances in neuroendocrine research have defined the mechanisms controlling the release of a hormone called gonadotropin-releasing hormone, or GNRH. He believes that there is a difference between GNRH release in Brahmin cattle and the English breeds that contributes to the difference in fertility. Recently, there was a breakthrough in how secretion of GNRH is regulated in rodents and primates, and this could occur in cattle, and if so, practical applications could be available. There are some pharmacological strategies to improve fertility in women that have resulted from this research. 70% of the world's cattle are raised in tropical and subtropical regions, and 30% of the beef herds have some Brahmin influence, particularly in the southern United States. One reason that Brahmin cattle have reduced number of calves is that they do not reach puberty until 15 to 17 months of age, while other breeds reach puberty at 10 to 12 months. This extra five to seven months means some Brahmin heifers may not reach puberty and may miss the entire first year of calving, so they will have one less calf over their lifetime than some other breeds. Another goal of the study is to develop synchronization protocols specifically for Brahmin cattle that may differ from protocols used on all other breeds. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. There's an upcoming fun fishing event that Texas anglers won't want to miss. Jessica Domel tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report. Are you interested in improving your fishing skills or enjoying a fun run or maybe even learning about new things like electro fishing? If so, you may want to check out the upcoming Fishing Fool's Day at the Texas Freshwater Fishery Center in Athens. And although the event is close to the infamous April Fool's Day, this event is no joke. It is a family-friendly event celebrating all things fishing. The Fishing Fool's Day kicks off with a spawning run, which is a one-mile family fun run up the hatchery ponds and down the wetland trail at the Fishery Center. Then, anglers can get tips from experts and test their skills on a casting course. There will also be an opportunity to learn more about fish sampling techniques used by the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department's Inland Fisheries Division. They'll even discuss electrofishing. The event is open to anglers of all ages and experience levels. The Fishing Fool's Day will run from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Saturday, April 2nd at the Texas Freshwater Fishery Center in Athens. The Fishery Center includes a working fish hatchery, 300,000 gallons of aquariums focused on underwater wildlife in the state, recreational fishing ponds, and fisheries science exhibits. It's also where fish that are loaned to the Toyota Share Lunker program are selectively bred to improve bass fishing in Texas. The Texas Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame is also located at the Fishery Center in Athens. Additional details about the Fishing Fool's Day are available on the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department website. That is tpwd.texas.gov. Again, the Fishing Fool's Day is from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Saturday, April 2nd at the Texas Freshwater Fishery Center in Athens. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. 
It's time for a look at the markets. Jessica will be back with all of Friday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. It's been a tough year. As a farmer or rancher, you know life in agriculture is often stressful. Things like the economy, finances, weather, and even a pandemic increase our stress levels and can leave us feeling defeated. With a demanding workload, it seems that there isn't room for the soft stuff, like talking about feelings. Yet, talking about the hard times can be one of the best ways to manage this stress. Although we can't always control or choose our circumstances, we can control and choose how we respond to them. Sometimes that response looks like asking for help. Some would say the best quality of a farmer or rancher is their independent spirit. But what is agriculture without its community? A force of helpers, neighbors, extension, Farm Bureau members, friends, counselors, and pastors. We are stronger together. Find someone you can talk to. Find the help you need. The Southwest Ag Center is working with the Texas Department of Agriculture to identify stress assistance and resources. Visit swagcenter.org stress to learn more. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Live cattle ended the week higher while feeder cattle ended the week lower due to increased pressure from higher grain prices. April live cattle on Friday up 80 cents to 140.47. June live cattle up 42 cents to 137.37. August live cattle up 42 cents to 138.12. March feeder cattle down 35 cents to 156.42. April feeder cattle down $1.15 to 161.57. May feeder cattle down $1.17 to $165.32. Box beef was lower Friday. Choice down $0.32 cents to $262.09. Select down $1.55 to $251.04. Now let's check our livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. It's time to talk about sheep and goats from two livestock auctions within two different regions. Let's go to the hill country in Fredericksburg first. Talk to Sean Gaswatch. Sean, how'd y'all sell them at Gillespie Livestock? Oh, it went pretty good, Larry. We ended up with right around 38 or 900. We got close to our 4,000. So uh, market was pretty good all the way through. Uh, some of those lambs might have been just a tick softer. We had a few more uh, lambs than we've been running. Uh, they kind of bring from, oh, three. 30 to 360 is kind of what where it was all day on the lamb market. Uh, goat kids, uh, some of those better goats. We had some real fancy. Oh, I think they weighed 64 pounds. Uh, Boar cross kids bring 477. I thought that was awful good. So, you know, on the better the better end of that stuff, sold kind of comparable to last week. Uh, that more, more Spanish influence they had in them. It was sure a little softer. Those, those kids kind of bring from four to, to 420. Uh, and then there was some pure Spanish kind of bring 360 to 380. Uh, so I, th- I thought we got along real well. Of course, that's Sean Guy's White Gillespie Livestock. Now let's go down to Uvalde in the southwestern portion of the state. Speak with Klein Spear about his Tuesday sheep and goat sale. Klein, what'd you see? Still a pretty good market. Those heavy lambs were two forty up to two ninety. The light lambs were two eighty up to three ten. That use a buck twenty to a buck eighty. Those thin packer use seventy five to a dollar forty, and the packer nannies a buck fifty to two ten. That uh, stocker nannies were dollar ninety up to three bucks on a few good ones, and those good cabritos were three to four bucks, and the lightweights were 
I'd call them 310 up to about 420 yesterday. So uh, overall, a good turnout and a pretty good run. And that was Klein Spear from Southwest Livestock Exchange Uvalde. Both Klein and Sean sell sheep and goats on Tuesday. Neighbor, I'm Larry Marble. Walking the pins, Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'll see you tomorrow. Good day. All right. Thank you, Larry. Tight supplies and good demand pushed lean hog prices higher on Friday. April lean hogs up $4.70 to $107.47. May lean hogs up $3.77 to $117.90. March class 3 milk even at 2242 100 weight. April class 3 milk Friday closed down 23 cents at 2427. Drought in Texas and Oklahoma and strong demand led to increases in cotton on Friday. May cotton up 500 points to 135.90. October cotton up 286 points to 117.85. December cotton up 249 points to 111.74. May Corn was up five and three quarters Friday to 7.54 even. July corn up six and a quarter to 7.34 and three quarters. September corn was up three and a quarter to 6.85 and three quarters. We saw the wheat markets trade both back and forth on Friday, but it looks like the wheat markets did rally and finish back higher. Analysts say some of the strength we may be seeing in the wheat markets could be due to Russia's actions in Ukraine. It also could be due to the most recent estimate from the U.S. Department of Agriculture that the majority of winter wheat in Texas is rated very poor to poor due to drought. May hard red wheat was up Friday 15 and three quarters to 11 and 10 and three quarters. July hard red wheat up 16 and three quarters to 1107 even. And despite the South American soybean harvest being underway, soybeans closed higher on Friday. May soybeans up nine and a half to 1710 and a quarter. April natural gas up 15 cents to 555. May natural gas up 14 cents to 559. May crude oil was up a dollar four to one thirteen thirty eight. June crude oil up a dollar ten to one ten fifty three. The Dow was up three hundred and ten points to thirty four six sixty eight. The S and P five hundred was up fifty four points to four thousand five hundred and ten. And the Nasdaq was down seventy five points to fourteen thousand one hundred and sixteen. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Remember to tune in to our next episode for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.